Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. John, I just found some really eye-opening stats on follow-up. I'd love to share them with you. Oh, do tell. Do tell, Brian. So according to this, 80% of sales require five follow-up calls after the meeting. That's after the initial sales meeting. But on average, it takes around eight calls to actually reach a prospect, right? So we got to pick up the phone. We got to email, right? Now, after that initial meeting, 44% of sales reps give up after one follow-up call. What is that? What is going on, John? What, what, what's causing this ridiculous stat to come up on my computer screen? You know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating stat, but, but you know what, Brian, it's, you and I talked about this before. It's nothing new. There, there was a stat, and I don't remember what it is, but maybe our, our listeners will remember, that talked about how many reps give up after the first call, how many reps give up after the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the number kept decreasing, which basically meant that if you made all the way down to, I think the, 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 the metric they used at the time was five calls. If you made all five calls, you had a much higher probability of actually getting the deal. So this is nothing new but let's no. figure out what's going on. I mean, I think that's really what, what, what makes the difference. Well, let me ask you this, John. Do these managers sure. know that their reps aren't following up here? I mean, do they, do they realize this is a problem? Are they doing anything about it? Well, you know, this, this goes on to, to a topic you and I have talked about a number of times before, and we'll, we'll do a, a podcast on it again, and, and that's what are you doing with a CRM? Are you actually using the CRM to give you any value? Because in answer to your question is, I believe they don't, and, but I believe that they could if they had a well-designed, well-implemented CRM that, that made the sales rep want to use it. I think they would find this out pretty quickly. So, yeah, the yeah I, think, I think you got a management. The data is definitely there. The data is definitely there. Well, I think also the burden is, I mean, hey, do these people even have a cadence? I've talked to many reps and managers. They have no idea. It's like eye-opening. Wow, you mean you have to send an email on this day at this time and a LinkedIn message at this day and pick up the phone? They have no clue what it takes to be successful in sales. It's, it's, it's very disturbing. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, when, when I look at this problem, I, I, I think there are four things that, that folks have to look at. I, you know, and I look at, well, why is this happening? So to, to me, one of the reasons it could happen is that the rep just simply forgets. They get too busy. They, they drop the ball. Okay, fine. The second reason is that, and I think this is the bigger reason because this is, is quite well documented, is that they actively avoid making the calls. Because the two things that sales reps hate to do the most and, and just don't do the most are prospecting and follow-up, all right? So now, so you got this, the second reason that they're avoiding it. The third is, as you mentioned, they don't have a cadence, okay? Uh, and the fourth is they have weak management. But now let's, let's deconstruct these for a second. Let's deconstruct the order of these things. Because we've talked about that it's the responsibility of management to create a go-to-market strategy for the rep. So the rep shouldn't be asked to figure out, oh, how am I going to go sell this stuff? How am I going to take all the marketing? How am I going to take all the sales information? What's the right way to do this? Management should really construct, good sales management should construct a go-to-market strategy. That go-to-market strategy should be reflected in the CRM because the CRM should be the implementation tool that the rep follows, all right? And then management should be able to look at the, the reports so they look at the results to help share with the rep, what they might be doing better. And I think that, that management falls apart at the very, very beginning of this. I don't think they give the reps a cadence, all right? I don't think they give them good CRM systems, not good CRM for the management, good CRM for the rep, okay? And I don't think that they train them properly. 
And if they train them properly on the things we talked about, about product and sales, competition, market, objections, how, how deals get won and lost, if the reps understood that, they'd be nothing to be scared of. So no. I hate to say it, Brian, but you know, I'm, I can't blame the rep on this one. No. I got to blame sales management. No, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Management covers every one of those points. I mean, the managers should look at the data and bring up the fact they forgot to follow up and have them do it, right? The manager, if I mean, if, if the rep doesn't want to do it or they're averse to doing it, they should motivate them to do it. They should, I don't dare I say, force them to do it, right? Because that's part of the job. Um, and then, of course, like you say, they should come up with a cadence to follow and, of course, enforce that. And they have to have a, a, a CRM where everything is crystal clear, knowing the fact the manager's looking at this and measuring sales math and funnel reports based on this, covering that in a one-on-one and holding them accountable. I mean, obviously, sometimes, listen, you've got to put things in play to force your team to win because obviously your name is on the line. You have goals too as a manager. And I just don't see why this is the case. That's a whole other conversation, John, as to why these managers are doing this or there's a lack of, of any of these things in regards to management. Well, you know, there's, there's in, in the non-sales area, there's, there's a lot of research that's been done on how your environment shapes um, your performance. So if you put, um, if you put police as an example, this is just, you know, just examples. If you put police in, in a, a police station house that's noisy and dirty, overcrowded, doesn't have proper lighting, doesn't have proper ventilation, um, you know, doesn't, don't, doesn't have any refreshments, things like that. In other words, you're putting them in an environment where they feel less than professional. Okay. How are they going to, how are they going to act? Um, Ed Milet was talking the other day in one of his podcasts and, and Ed is, um, if, if the folks aren't familiar with him, Ed is very successful. So he, he has developed a lifestyle in which his psyche is attuned to money. Okay. And it has become a part of him, whether he likes it or not. And he's telling a story about how he had to go on a business trip. He went on the business trip. Um, he rented a car at the, the airport and had to drive. And he said he was in the car for about 15 minutes and he started to realize that he was feeling very underwhelmed and under motivated. And he thought about it because his normal car, I think is a Lamborghini. He realized that like it or not, his psyche was used to being inside of that Lamborghini. Now he's inside of, I don't know what it was. I don't want to mention any names or put anybody down, but he was in something a lot less of the lifestyle that he was used to. And he actually subconsciously responded to it negatively. Okay. So the, the sales management has got to understand that if they don't create the proper environment for the sales rep to be successful, it's not the sales rep's responsibility to do this. They have to stop thinking this. It's management's responsibility to create the environment, to create the stadium for them to play, to give them the tools that they really need. All right, go up, go to the major league baseball. Tell the guys you're going to give them five-year-old baseball bats. Tell them you're going to give them, you know, balls that have that, that have stitching removed from the covers. What are they going to do? They're going to go. Why would I want to play here? right? It's management's got to step up and do their job. I think management's weak in this case, Brian. Well, I do too. I mean, we talked about the fact, you know, obviously there's a lack of training and onboarding and there's a track of, uh, you know, a lack of accountability and tools, but you know, here's another amazing stat and it, it kind of goes along with follow-up, but it's really response time and it really falls back on the manager again, having a big overview of the actual department and how they reach out to interested qualified leads. But so there was a, a, a business that tested the response time of 433 companies, 7% responded in the first five minutes after a form submission. 
right. over 50%, John, did not respond within five business days. I mean, hey, listen, either A, it's overabundance of leads, which yeah, I'd love to have that problem, right? <laughs> that would be fantastic. Or That's insanity. It's unbelievable. Or is it just a lack of caring? Is it because the manager is you know, drinking coffee? And I mean, uh, who knows what it is, John, but that, that is unbelievable because as you know right now, people are hurting for business and this stat just shows that there's a, a total lack of, of effort on, on the part of the salesperson. Of course, the manager as well. They should be tracking this type of activity, right? You know, it's very rare that I have seen businesses that say, um, no, we don't need the business. We can't keep up with it. I do see it. And, and usually, usually it tends to be an anomaly in, in the marketplace where for some reason or another, business is very good. Um, Honda had this problem many years ago. It's a problem. But Honda had this situation where the Accord was doing so well and it was so well received and it was, it was so well rated that they couldn't keep them on the floor. Okay. But since then, you know, what's happened? They still need the salespeople to actually go in and, and promote the product, to actually go and sell the product. So, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a huge disservice. Um, and you and I have talked about this in, in another case. It, there's a huge disservice in management not helping understand or helping the, the sales rep to understand the importance of their role, the importance in follow-up. You would think that the sales rep understands it instinctively, but hey, management, first start by making sure that the sales rep does understand it. Because it's not just that the lead didn't get followed up. But if the company needs the business, that might mean that somebody in manufacturing or somebody in distribution or somebody in legal or somebody in HR, that might mean that their job can't be supported anymore. So well, sales reps not following up could be causing other people their jobs. You know, and if you connect the dots, John, that's, that's the key. Because there's a key statistic, and I know our next podcast, we're going to tackle this more in depth, but food for thought here, middle performing sales managers, typically here in this study, were at 99% of their own target, right? So their sales manager target, they're hitting 99%, but only 48% of their reps were hitting quota. Unbelievable. So is it, Hey, I'm good. The numbers being hit on this side, I could care less about the reps. I'm just going to roll over on them. And if they don't hit it, they don't hit it. They don't make their commission. If they don't do it, you know, they're going to pip and then, you know, good luck to you. We'll just on to the next one. But this is very eye opening because, you know, we, you and I were talking about accountability for managers. Where does the accountability start? Why is all of the burden on the actual rep themselves versus the actual manager? This number is very interesting. and I'd love to do a deeper dive on our next uh, go around here. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things we should talk about um, because it ties into this very well is the whole notion of, structuring your um, quotas to ensure a certain percentage of people make the number and don't. And there are many different schools of thought on this. So very rarely have I ever run into somebody who says, oh, 100% of our reps should make their, their quota. Um, but there's, well, there's some thinking behind having few people make it. There's thinking behind having, uh, you know, half of them make it, which I think is pointing to what you're saying. And there's thoughts around what if the majority of them make it. So that comes into play too. And that again is a management issue. Well, and if you look at the other side of it, John, the top 25% of sales managers, they had 65% of their reps achieving quotas, just 65. So this, this is very interesting to me. This, these are eye-opening numbers and it, it goes into a lot of what we have been talking about in the past few weeks and what we've been helping businesses achieve, uh, there's definitely a broken cog and there's definitely some misalignment here. Yeah. And, and 
just to kind of wrap this that they're at this up. So if we're talking about the lack of follow-up, if the sales rep is forgetting to do it, if the sales rep is avoiding it, if they don't have a cadence and if they have weak management, the first three are all things that can be fixed from the forgetting, put in a good CRM, put in a CRM that's put in well, not just a good CRM, but with notifications, notifications. Exactly. If they're, if they're avoiding it, that's a training issue. If they don't have a cadence, that's because the go-to-market strategy hasn't developed it in. And I think the fourth one, weak management, is an outcome of that. Because if you have strong management that understands this, I don't think you'll have the first three. You wouldn't have that issue. Right. Period. So stop blaming the sales rep. and Hey, hey managers, do your damn job. Yeah, own it. Okay, own take it. accountability. Look in the mirror. When your team fails, look to yourself, right? Look at, do I have a cadence? Do I give an effort, right? Do I know my team? And there's so much to this, John. I can't wait to get in depth on this. And, you know, of course I can't wait to hear the response. I know we're going to have people on both sides of the house, you know, bringing up uh, points and in their cases. And it's going to, it's going to be interesting. Yep. All right, Brian, with that, we got to go find some more statistics. We are going to do that. Jim. We also have to help more people. There's so many people out there in need and uh, we're, we're, we're fixing cogs one at a time, right down the line. There's so many cogs, so many cogs. John, All right, Brian, till the next time. Godspeed, my friend. Thank you. It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited, but hopefully we got you thinking. Hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can they get in touch with us? Great question, John. Best ways email. Email us at results at onebrokencog.com together. We're going to help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts in your business and your revenue.